Hey man, we're going to open um, this special episode up with a little prayer, all right? Let's bow our heads. Definitely, Father, we just come to you. Thank you for allowing us to see another day. We thank you for your grace and mercy, for allowing us to be here, for traveling mercies. We just ask that you take over on this episode and that um, revelation happens, Father, that we grow, and most importantly, that we get closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 That was awesome, brother. Appreciate you, brother. <laughs> we give the glory to God, though. I'm excited about this one, though. Super excited, man, for real. I'm excited about this one. Um, Saints and Such fam is excited about this one, you know what I mean? So we have a lot of guests on here, but whenever we can bring it home, man, and just talk about God, man. For sure. You know what I mean? So we got a special episode with the one and only at Krista Dior. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You already know who it is, man. Bobby Stu in the building. Yes, sir. Yes, Yes, sir. sir. How you feeling today? I'm good. Everybody I'm good. good. Want to do yes. a mental check in real quick? We can grateful. Go ahead. One Definitely to ten. How y'all feeling? From one to ten. Ten being the best. Ten, because I'm gonna always speak life over myself. Man, so I love that. I love that. How about you? I'm about a. I'm gonna say a nine. That's what's up. <laughs> I'm gonna say a nine. I feel good though. Yeah. I feel good. Whenever we come on here, bro. Facts. It always helps me, like, you know what I mean? I feel good, though. How about you, For bro? sure. I feel like I'm able to, like, release when I come on here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a lot of stuff that go on during, throughout the week that I'm able to talk about on the podcast. So mm-hmm. anytime we can do that, do this, sit down with a special guest. Right. I'm excited. Right now, I'm like a seven and a half, but I feel like at this episode, I'm going to be like at a nine and a half, ten for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Definitely. Let's That's jump good. right into it, though. Yeah. All right. PG County. Uh-huh. Yes. PG County, <laughs> Maryland. Uh-huh. PG County native. <laughs> Talk to us about, you know I mean, how it just was growing up there and just some things that you learned and just your experience of growing up there. Growing up, okay. Um, so, yeah, I was born and raised here in PG County, Maryland. Um, I would say growing up, well, if I can be completely transparent, mm-hmm. I always felt like I belonged in the South. Okay, okay. Um, I'm just like, I love hospitality. Yeah. I love genuineness. I love when people are able to connect. Mm-hmm. And I don't really feel like um, you get that too much here right. necessarily. And so I feel like for a lot of my life, I spent so much time wanting to be somewhere else. And I just got into a point where... I'm actually content with where I'm at and where I'm going. It's so crazy because I used to look at airplanes all the time. And I used to just always say, I wish I could just go somewhere from here. And I seen an airplane like a couple of weeks ago. And I just had like this moment with myself. And I was like, wow, for the first time, I don't want to be nowhere else. Like wow. I, mm. I'm cool with where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably because also I've been doing a little bit more traveling as well. So right. that's what's right. up. Yeah. Where you been at? Um, so I went to Jamaica okay. in um, April, and then I went to Tulum, Mexico. Okay. I also just came back from New Orleans for a um, conference. I went to, um, it's called Experiencing God. That's what's it was saying. a conference that they had. That was really powerful. Um, and then what, where else did I go? And I went to Atlanta. You've been moving around for real. Yeah, I've been. I feel like vacations is, is so important because it helps you res- refresh your mind. You yes. know what I mean? Like we need that. And yes. I feel like when we don't take vacation, sometimes it's like we get secluded in the box. You know what I mean? Like right. it might, our minds might start getting cloudy, but those those refreshers from like vacations are always important. Yeah. Even if you take one or two out the out the year, but you've been moving around like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like my favorite one was Jamaica. Okay. And for me, just being able to explore Jamaica, it was so slow paced. Yeah. Yeah. And like they just hang outside. It's like random animals just everywhere, trees just everywhere. But what I loved is that it's not so much hustle and bustle. Well, I gotta do this, I gotta 
they're like just they're just at a slow pace. Yeah. They're just like literally living and yeah. I just like I love that. I was there for a week, so that was pretty good. Lit. Definitely. Can we get into the meats and potatoes of this, okay. of this interview? I'm okay. excited, man. Yeah, I'm for excited. Real. Okay. Um I watched a couple of your videos on YouTube. We was talking about it off yes. camera and it's just your 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 story, your testimony is so impactful and I feel like a lot of people need to hear it because it's so relatable. Okay. Um can we get to the climax of your life three okay. years ago? Three what years ago. Three years ago to get you to the point where you're at right now. Oh, I feel like it's now coming up on four. Every time I have to add a year, it's yeah. so surreal. But okay, so three years ago, I was sitting in my car. And I always get emotional, so if I get emotional. No, you good. Because I was sitting in my car and I was just like I just cried out and I said, God, if you're real, the way that, you know, I've been told you're real, I need you to show me. Because I was at that point where I had dealt with suicidal thoughts and even attempts, um, depression, anxiety, very heavy growing up. And I still don't even necessarily, un well, I just kind of got a revelation on why I always felt so heavy, like middle school, high school, a lot of rejection, bullying. It was just like a lot of stuff. And so when I had my son, though, on my 18th birthday, I had promised my son that, you know, I wouldn't allow myself to get that low again. Mm. That I would try to just, you know, I so told you I'm going to get emotional. That's fine. I just would be the best that I could be. So um, I ended up going to Bowie State University, and I was in college. I ended up getting into a relationship. I was dating my ex. It was a very toxic and abusive relationship. And so I did end up that low. And so for me in that car, it was a moment of realization of, I just actually had this conversation with somebody else not that long ago, and I was like, it was shocking to me that my son wasn't enough. Mm. I thought that, you know, my son uh, would be my saving grace. Yeah. That, And I found myself in that car not wanting to be here again. I had just got the restraining order on him, and so I knew I needed something a lot stronger than worldly satisfaction, something stronger than me or just human. And so I cried out in that car and I'm just like, if you're real the way that they say you're real, show me. Gosh. And literally, I don't, it's still surreal how he has transformed my life in a complete 360 and has restored me to wholeness. That's amazing. That's, amazing. Yeah. That's an amazing testimony. She said the short version of it. Well, uh, uh, the one on YouTube was like a good, like five, 10 minutes long. Mm. But um, as you can see, like, God, there is a God, you know what yes. I mean? Like, and He can bring you through anything. Yes. Um, we've all been at that point of like feeling low, feeling depressed, yes. you know what I mean? Going through stuff. Um, I know it's millions of people out there that have kids at a young age yeah. and think, like, all right, well, this child is going to be able to save me from everything I'm going through. Yeah, no. Um, that's a lot of people's mindset. <laughs> but the fact that, um, like you said, like you, you thought that and it actually wasn't that and you yeah. still was going through stuff. Yeah. But I think it was the biggest climax was that cry out to god yes that for him to be able to show you like i i actually am here he's right. our missing puzzle piece were you mm. like did you have any like church background like did you go to church yeah actually um it's crazy because i am god can i say this okay i can say this i'm writing a book and i'm actually one of the chapters that i'm working on i'm talking about my church hurt Wow. And so um, growing up, my father, he was a minister and he we were a part of a church, a small church in Washington, D.C. Okay. And it was more family based. So everybody there pretty much they were blood related, but me and my family. And I have a lot of siblings. It's 10 of us, um, all different mothers. 
And so, yeah, when we would get up, we would go to church. I just always looked at it. I'm going to probably quote my book in this, but I just looked at it as a big, like a building where people would go to perform. And then the moment you leave, that everybody would just go back to their lifestyles, (laughs) their attitudes. And I'm just like, well, this is what it is. I really... um, I don't feel a part of this. And they were also very judgmental and Mm. critical since we weren't family. They were like, we could go to a family picnic, well, a picnic with the church, and they would make us get our food last. Mm. Like, it was just like little small stuff. And even down to just like them saying, you're too close to your father. Because I was a a clingy child. So that actually pushed me away from church. Because I was like, "Um, y'all are very judgmental. I don't know what this is, but I'm cool on it. And so I went out and, you know, I lived my life and I was able to stop finally going to church because it was mandatory in my house at the time. But when I was able to stop going, I did stop going. You know, my dad, he would call me, hey, you're reading your Bible. And I'm like, no, but I will, you know, one day I'll read it. He was like, hey, you praying? I'm like, no, I guess I'll pray. (laughs) He's, He's just calling and he's just trying to instill that. He literally would force me to have Bible study. I remember we had a Bible study at McDonald's with a friend of mine for two hours. And so I always had him instilled. So that's why in that car, in the car, it was very personal when I said, if you're real the way that they've shown me, then show me. Because I did grow up with that being instilled into me. Right. It's just, yeah. Definitely. You just said a lot, too. That's, yeah. that's crazy. But the one thing I would say as far as going back to your testimony, um, rejection. Mm. Yes. I just found out, me personally, that I deal, that I deal with that. Like, God, mm. like, kind of... Brought that to me. I didn't know I dealt with that till like a couple of days ago. Mm. Like I just kind of dealt with that my whole life of yes. like, you know, what I mean, just being passed up on. Yes. I just, and I think that's why I love God so much because He's yes. that one person who will never pass up on me. Oh yes. You know Hallelujah. what I mean? So like, that 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 hit that hits a little different. I would say. Definitely. You know what I mean? But if it's a couple words that you would personally say for yourself to describe God when you think of God, what mm. words would come to your mind? I am. Mm. because he has shown me that he can be anything that I need. Mm. There is no limitations. And so he actually took me through. um, I was reading Ephesians 3.20, and it said that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can think or imagine Mm. according to the power at work within you. The word power stood out to me. And so he had me for the month of August study his power. And one of the first things he gave me for day one of the revelations was he said, release the limitations and the restraints and allow my spirit to flow. Mm. And so a lot of times we want to put them in a box and we have the, we have all of these different experiences and backgrounds. And even then you have to be able to put that aside and allow God to move how he wants to move. And so he has shown to be. Literally, my Jehovah Jireh. Mm. He has been my protector, my best friend, a father. He has been everything, literally, that I can think of. Like, now, when I go through something, I know that if I hit my knees, like, it doesn't matter what I am. I don't have to stay in it. The moment I surrender to the moment, I drop to the floor, he's able to show up in whatever capacity that I need. He literally mm. fulfills all of my needs. Amen. Every last one of She them. don't have preaching for real. For real. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. So um, I watched one of YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. It was it said having faith during your during your waiting season. I believe that's how you worded it. Yeah. Uh what does what does that mean and how how can you go about having faith during the waiting season? Oh, so for me, I am in a transition season and I feel like I've been here now for a little bit over a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I've been in a waiting season. I've been in what's considered a wilderness season. And like in that. this, 
the way the faith is knowing that God Everything works out for the greater good. And so if he has you in a waiting season, it's because he is refining you. He's mm-hmm. molding you. Mm-hmm. He's taking you through the fire. He's purifying you. And it's being able to have the faith to say, okay, I'm not going to turn my back on him just because it's uncomfortable, just because the circumstances aren't necessarily favorable right now. But I know that he is working things together and he's doing an inner work. And I always tell people before God can do a thing through you, he likes to do a thing in you, even if it's he goes from glory to glory. And so when I first started growing with him, as he was doing a work in me, he gave me an assignment to start a blog. So, yes, I was still growing in that capacity. But there is going to become a time when he wants to take you from a babe to mature and he'll put you in a waiting season. And that's where he's doing the character work within you to develop the fruits of the spirit. That's so true. That's Talk so that true. Time, for real. That's crazy because, um, like, God been working with me, like, within the last couple of years. Like, he just recently had me, like, stop playing football. Mm. I came yeah. home from playing football in the middle of the season. Like, he told me, just go home. Mm. Um, wow. And just, I was just, like, confused and, you know what I mean? Like, what am I going to do? And yeah. But, like, as time went on, like, this, you know what I mean? This has just been so a blessing on my life. Amen. What's this? Say the sun. Okay. <laughs> the brand and just everything, how wow. everything comes together, yeah. it's like, it's wow. mind blowing. But that thing about waiting. Yes. See, we don't, people don't like to be patient. It's because there's mm-hmm. so many, uh, as far as social media, the influencers, like, all that being seen, attention. Attention yeah. is, I think, like one of the biggest drugs out. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I mean? But God, when He hides you, mm. when He hides yes. you, it, it has purpose. Yes. You know what I mean? If you go back and you look at some Bible characters that were hidden and how yeah. the work that they did to come out after their hidden Amen. season, it was powerful. So, you know what I mean? What she said, man, it's Amen. definitely, I'm trying not to cry, man, just think about <laughs> God. But, but yeah, man, it's it's power in being hidden, bro. Yes. I asked both of y'all a question. Um, I know y'all, you was just telling me you, you, you're doing it right now. Mm-hmm. I know you've done it in the past. How important is it to fast from social media, take that fast? To, to spend that time with God. How important Ooh, is that? Very mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. You want me to go first? You go ahead. Okay. So um, another thing, as I told you, I was studying about his power. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which day it was. It might be day eight. He revealed to me that there's two powers at work. Mm. And uh, we know it's light and there's darkness. And so mm-hmm. as he was showing me, he said, Krista, how is how are people transformed and renewed? And I was like, okay, through the renewal of their mind. And he said, so if there's two powers then your mind can be renewed on either side. And he showed me the dangers of social media Mm -hmm. because their minds are being renewed to the culture Mm -hmm. and the culture is influenced by Satan. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And so you have to fast from social media. And this is something that he's still working with me on, um, really just putting my phone down because it's a distraction. We have a lot of things pulling for our focus. Our focus and our attention is one of our biggest commodities. It's our time. And God knows that's why he said redeem the time because the days are evil. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to get in a position where we're able to hear from him because a lot of things would try to drown out his voice. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, For me, I would definitely say it was important because um, the one thing that I struggled with, it was never drugs or alcohol, but it was always women. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? And you go on Instagram and you see the twerking yeah. you see the explore yeah. page you see the ig models it's there you know i mean so as a man you know what i mean it's just like like she said it's a bunch of distractions on there yes. and i and i definitely know that god is preparing me to be a, a great husband yes. you know what i mean so it's definitely like some things that 
me personally, like I have to work on. You know yeah. what I mean? Like as far as she said, the character, building the character and, and like getting that, getting that stuff out of you that doesn't really belong. And the crazy thing is God will expose things that you didn't know about you yes. to you. Definitely. Definitely. You know what I mean? So I mm-hmm. think that that's so important. Just spending time with God, man, is, is yeah. definitely important. So I, w- I want to ask you something, Krista. Like, how important is it to, like, find your purpose? How important is it to find my purpose? Well, that is now the second most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. It used to be the first. And this season that I am currently in, God has been. That's why he told me to take a step back. He said, we got to get back to what's really important. Mm. And that's the relationship. Intimacy is number one. Everything else falls after. God is always working, but before he invites you to join in his work, he's going to invite you into a relation, a love relationship with him. Mm. And so, yeah, I'm passionate about doing things for the kingdom, but I realize I have a lot of ideas. And then I'm reading this book, and it really challenged me to stop and say, are my ideas things that I want to do for God and not necessarily things that he's calling me to do? Mm. Because we say, like, oh, yeah, I want to do this and I want to do that. But have we checked the heart of God Mm. to see if that's really what he has for us? And because then we get frustrated when our plans aren't working out. But the grace is only connected to his will, not your good intentions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm just I'm literally day by day. I realize that purpose is all around us. Mm-hmm. And that's why he says each and every morning, my grace and mercy is renewed. And I asked, I just said, okay, if we worry not about tomorrow and I can actually be concerned about the present moment, God's in the present moment and it's in the small things. There's abundance all around us. God wants to use you every day. He wants to use you a part of his purpose because he's always working. So it's the encouraging words that you say to a stranger on the street. Mm. That you are actively involved in his will at that moment. Mm -hmm. It's the extra tip that you give your server. And you didn't know, but only her and God knew that she needed that to cover her rent or whatever the case Mm. may be. So I'm learning to be intentional to slow down, to get out my head and attaching an end result and trusting him with the vision. And just being committed and focused to what's going on in the present moment and how he can use me today. I love that. Yeah. Let's talk about... um Mentorship, outreach. Mentorship. I know you. I know you big on that. Yes. Um, when did that journey start for you? When did when did you when did you find your purpose to know that you wanted to mentor uh, young women or yeah. even older women? When did that start? Okay, so it was a passion. When um, I've always been like passionate about helping people. So when I had my son, I had this idea that you know maybe I can help young women who are young mothers. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, I can do something like that. And then when I went through my abusive relationship, when I went through my abusive relationship and I came out of that, and I told you it was the restraining orders, it was the women trying to fight me, it was a lot of craziness. And I realized that there's a lot of people suffering Mm. behind closed doors. There's a lot of people with trauma that needs to be healed. And so I just was like, well, maybe I can do both. Maybe I can help young mothers and people who have gone through trauma. And, well, no, I said abusive relationships. And then I had this idea, no, I want to do all trauma. So this was my early stages with God. I was just like, I'm, I'm passionate about that. That sounds amazing. That would make me happy. So I started a, um, a mentorship program on Bowie State campus called I Define Me. 
Mm-hmm. And true. it was supposed to be a safe haven for women to come together. It didn't last long because COVID came. Right. And so it's actually crazy because God gave me this revelation because, you know, sometimes when things don't go as planned, it can add disappointment mm-hmm. and it can cause fear onto the next assignment that God gives you. And so mm-hmm. he showed me that there was even purpose in that. I showed you that you had the ability to not only start, but finish. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. I started that um, mentorship program and I loved it. I loved helping women be able to identify the areas that they wanted to grow in and then give them something tangible about how to bring that to life and show them that if you put God first and you seek him first, naturally the healing and the growing and the transformation, that's all the work of the Holy Spirit. So it's not going to be a stress on you and more so you're walking with him and his burden. Well, his yoke is light. Mm. And so I became very passionate about that. Then I was led to create a blog. I started blogging. It was crazy because I didn't have nothing attached, like no expectations. He said blog, and I liked to write. I had discovered again that I was actually really talented at writing. I was like, oh, I had used to write in high school and even some in middle school. That was like my coping mechanism. But I never thought I was super talented, so I put it to the side. I started writing again. I found out I was really amazing at it. So I started blogging my process about um, the different things that God was doing in my life. Naturally, people were just gravitating. And I was like, oh, okay. I was so focused on him, though, that I wasn't even thinking about how that was going to manifest into anything else. Then I got the instructions to do videos on IGT Live. Right. And I was able to reach more people because not everybody likes to read. No, facts. And so then from there, just YouTube. And so... God said that I was going to, he was going to bring me into a new season. And so I was like, okay, this new season. And I found out the new season was vision and that I was going to have a supernatural successful mentorship program. That's something that he spoke to me when I first got in a relationship with him. And it was just like, oh, that sounds exciting. I was like, oh, okay, cool. But now I'm starting to actually like, he's filling in the dots of how I'm going to have the supernatural mentorship program, who I'm going to be mentoring, mm. who I'm going to be serving. And also the, um, the plot of land that I'm supposed to take up. I told you he's moving me to Houston. And so he's showing me the community that I'm going to be impacting there. That's lit. Yeah. How, how excited about this, uh, this trip to Houston? I'm super excited. Like next, next chapter in your life. I am. I, I, I look at it as an opportunity to create new habits, new routines. Like literally God has closed every door here for me mm-hmm. and nothing has opened. So if the provision <laughs> is, not here. And he's saying move here. I know that the provision's on the other side. So I'm super excited to just see what he has in store for me. That's love. That's beautiful. Man. That's tough. Don't you just love God? Yeah. Man, we're going to take a break. Man, I don't want to. We're going to take a break, man. <laughs> Clifton drops something here. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, man. We back. We back. Definitely a great episode. Facts. Definitely a great one. One of my favorite ones. I'm going to go on and say for it. Sure. Yeah. I'm about to hurt a lot of feelings, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's how, that's how, that's how, that's how I'm going to try to cancel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, when you first came in the studio, you looked around and you said, I just love what God is doing in this generation. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? How exciting is it to see just the youth that God is using? You know what I mean? Just to do his works. It's amazing. But it's also like, okay, because you got to attach the revelation behind it. So as I'm actually reading the book of revelations and I'm able to kind of identify a little bit of where we're at, Mm -hmm. it's like amazing to see, but I also see the seriousness of it too, Mm -hmm. that he is raising up an army 
because we are living in the last days. And so what he showed me is that positioning also matters. And so I just see how he's moving into people's lives, getting them into position, because just as the enemy, I mean, just as God is working, the enemy is working just as hard. Mm. And so he needs a generation of people. And I'm so like, it's amazing to see people answering the call to say yes to God, because like, we got to raise up. We got to have somebody who is willing to go out there and proclaim that, yes, God is real. Create a platform, whatever way that God wants to um, do it through your life. Rather, it's through mentorship. Rather, it's in you going into business or ministry or wherever he's calling you to just be the difference in the world, to be the light. We are called to be the salt of the earth. So that is actually really exciting to see, especially with our men. I just to see how he is working in our men and how he's even restoring kingdom marriages. Mm. That has been, um, a lot of people are prophesying over that, but I've been really seeing that in the spiritual, very heavy, how he's really raising up because you guys know that y'all were called to lead and to set that example. And so to just see how he's working through y'all is absolutely amazing. Mm. Honestly, that was an amazing question. Yeah, Mr. Tariq, um, let me get the glory to God. Let's talk about like your, your walk right now. Right, you being a coach right now. Yeah, how is it? How important is it for you to shine your light on the young, the young kings that you're coaching up? Definitely. Um, Amen. That's like um, mentorship. As recently is what I just found out. Like I'm really called to do. Um, I always loved like having like little kids around me. Yeah. But I didn't know like. That was like the revelation. Like that was something that I was always supposed to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when I go out and I coach and I just see how much that they look up to me, like they don't know it brings me joy just seeing them grow. Yes. You know what I mean? Not just as football players, but but as men. Yes. Um, you know what I mean? And just knowing that they have that relationship where they can call me about anything. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, that's that brotherhood that I kind of established. And I tell them all the time how much I love them. How much I can, how much I'm going to be there for. That's important. You know what I mean? So, so because like, it's crazy because, um, shout out to sisters to Kara. I had a phone conversation with her. You know how she gets. You know what I mean? And she was like, it's crazy because God is raising you to be what you always wanted in your life. Like Mm -hmm. I never, I never had a big brother. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I never had like somebody to tell me, shout out Claire. I never had a big brother, (laughs) but I never had somebody that like. Told me how much that they mat that I mattered to them. Facts, you know what I mean. So yeah. for me, for me, like God doing that in me, that's all I need, bro. I think it's and I, I think it's super dope and it's very important in mm-hmm. in the world that we live in right now because mm-hmm. a lot of those kids they go home and they don't have that at home. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, some of these coaches they just want to coach. They're not right. worrying about the mentorship mm-hmm. side of things for real. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you you know what I mean. Building these kids up, telling you, telling them that you love them and, and how much they mean to you, like that's very important because they're gonna play well on the field for you too. Right, because right. They know I'm, I'm playing for uh, Coach Coley, you know right, what I mean? Right. So that's super dope. Um, let's talk about let's talk about your your, your walk mm-hmm. be, before before you got saved, before you okay. found God. Um, what type of trials and tribulations were you dealing with? Like, what, type, what was your life looking like before then? Okay, so early, um, so early hood going back way into childhood Mm -hmm. that was like I said filled with a lot of depression and anxiety and and I really didn't understand why I was so sad all the time Mm -hmm. why I was always so heavy and so also 
rejection has been, like you said, that has been a lot, like a part of my story very heavily since a very early age. Just never being able to really make friends. And also when I made friends, it was always just like how they treated me. I just always felt very rejected, isolated, even going to like, I remember summer camps and the kids wouldn't play with me. And I would always ask, well, what's wrong with me? Well, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it wasn't until now that God has actually shown me that like I've set you apart for a reason. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so when I got to um, high school, I ended up getting into a relationship with my son's father. We dated pretty much all throughout my high school career. And so I was just always around him. That became, like, my place where I didn't feel like I ever received too much love anywhere else. Mm -hmm. I was always trying to search for that. And also, like, with my father, like he said, he has a lot of kids and just watching his life play out, he was always a man of God, but he went through so much hardship and it actually kind of like scared me a little bit. Mm. Not him being able to really be there for us financially or like emotionally like that, like he wasn't available. And so in high school, I felt like I found that in my son's father. And so we just kind of, it was just us. It was always us. And then it got to a point where it was just like, I got to college my freshman year and I just wanted to break away. And I just wanted to see what was out there. I didn't do too much partying or any of that in high school. That wasn't until I got to college. And so when I got to college, that was like a huge, like a whole nother world, honestly. Mm -hmm. I started drinking very heavy. Almost so much to say that my parents were concerned. They wanted to kind of put me into like Mm. rehab almost. Like they're like, this is concerning how much I wanted to drink. But for me, I was like finally found a way to get rid of those negative feelings, Mm. even though it was temporary. And that when I wake up in the morning, typically I would feel worse. But like mentally, emotionally, I would just feel even more heavier. But that would cause me to want to drink even more. And so then I'm also partying a lot. I'm a mother as well. Mm -hmm. So when I would put my son to sleep, I'm also like, okay, I'm working. I'm working this job. I'm taking six classes and I am a full-time mother. And so it was just a lot of stress. So my outlet was partying. It was drinking. It was doing all of these things that I truly see how God's hand was over my life, though. Mm -hmm. Like my friends used to make me be the designated driver, but I was the drunkest out of everybody. Wow. Mm all the time and I'm not saying that to promote I promise you not I'm actually saying don't do that (laughs) but how much he has just protected me in those seasons as well and I just seen how low I got when I got with my um ex that was abusive in college and we went down like a spiral together he has his own set of issues Mm -hmm. we found drinking together it was like kind of I don't know it got real crazy though and so Being able to just finally address those issues, I realized when I actually sat with myself, when I put the bottle down, when I put the weed down, when me and him actually went through the restraining order breaking up, I had started smoking very heavily. I actually developed a a dependence on weed because if I wasn't high, I literally would not, I couldn't get the thoughts of suicide out of my head. And so it was just like, okay. It got to a point where, like I said, I can't end my life because I promised him, but I don't want to be here no more. So what do I do? So when I actually sat with myself and I started asking, God put it on my heart to ask the hard questions. Who were you to be with somebody who mistreated you? And it revealed that I had a lot of insecurities, that the rejection from other people became self-rejection. So much so that I used to always say that I was antisocial. 
that when I would go into a group, I would literally tense up. I would fumble over my words. People actually probably thought like something was wrong with me. I didn't necessarily know how to be in an environment around people because I was always thinking, well, are they judging me? Is something wrong with me? And even to the point where I didn't look at myself in the mirror. I was so disgusted with myself. And something that I've been working on is looking at myself in the mirror and giving myself a hug because I didn't do that at first. I always felt like cringy by myself. When I would look at myself, I would feel dirty. I would feel unclean. And so I would try to like hide from myself. Mm. Anything else that you want to reveal through me? That was <laughs> a lot. That was, that was yeah. definitely a lot because um, you... You never, you can look at somebody. You never know like where they came from. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that. Don't judge a book by its covers. Real. You know what I mean? It's it's real because uh, you you've been through a lot. You know what yeah. I mean? Like and I appreciate you just coming on the coming on the podcast and being able to share it to all the young queens, but also the young yes. kings because a lot of young kings deal Ooh, with the same. I gotta give this stuff. out there too. Go ahead. What do you think one of the biggest revelations that was so freeing. This was maybe like. Six months ago, I finally stared at myself in the mirror and it was the most freeing thing to actually just look at myself with so much compassion and grace to finally, because even as I've been walking with God, the confidence and the whole self-image, we're still working on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're still building that worthiness up mm-hmm. into me. And so I looked at myself and he revealed to me, he was like, all of that heaviness that you would feel as a child, the depression, the anxiety, the weight of it all. Yes, I had some things where you know, abused by my stepmother. There was little different challenges here and there, but he revealed to me that most of it wasn't my weight that I was carrying. Mm. It was a generational thing. And he Mm. showed me that I was breaking, I was called to break generational curses. Mm. And so he said, you had to bear the weight of it in order to break it. Mm. So So true. So true, man. That's that's, that's crazy. That's so true, man. I think uh, also like, I don't know your son personally, but yeah. thank God you had him as well. You know what yeah. I mean? Because through it, through it all, like you said, you came to terms where you was even trying to end your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was your why. You know what yes. I mean? Through it all, like the good, the bad, he was your why. So yes. even though you might have had him at a young age, you probably didn't understand why at the time. But like you, you got through it. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's that's just. I true think that amazing. if I didn't have him, I don't know what college I would have ended up in. And I was known as the party girl. Everybody was like, "Oh my goodness, she's going to be the one. She's going to walk into the party. She's going to get it lit, and I'm going to be the drunkest one." But even then, there was a limit because in that morning, I know I got to get up. I got to get my son together. I got to go to work. So he still kept me grounded until that call came. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. I right. ask everybody this question: that Come on the show. What's the legacy you want to leave behind? Ooh, the legacy that I want to leave behind. That's a good one. Okay, you <laughs> caught me off guard with that one. <laughs> um, the legacy. Uh, I just wanna. I want to create a new dynamic for my family. We come from a line of poverty mm. and just brokenness, and just even with a distorted perception of self. And so I want to leave a legacy of freedom. Like I literally want to break the chains and walk in the way of blessings so that my, my, um, my bloodline will be blessed, Mm -hmm. that they will inherit the fruits of everything that I'm doing right now as I'm breaking off the chains that 
their portion will be blessings, joy, and just an overflow of whatever it is that God has for them to actually, I want to really break poverty though, too. I'm very strong about that. And God has been renewing my mind around the topic of money because I used to have a very lacking mentality. Mm -hmm. And I started realizing that money is a resource and a tool. It's only has a purpose attached to it by the person that's holding it. Right. And so I've been realizing, okay, money's not evil. Even Solomon was the one of the wealthiest people, but he had wisdom. And so one of the things that I pray for daily, and it's been something that has been materializing into my life, is wisdom. Mm -hmm. I pray so heavy. And so I want to even, like, I want that to be instilled into the um, legacy and just people seeing that with God, anything is possible. Literally with him, what's impossible to man is possible with him. It's limitless. Fudge. I'll be coming to your church in Houston one day. Nah, right. Like, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to move out there. <laughs> yeah. Me and the family definitely going to move out there. Uh, what can so the people ready. expect from you next? I know we was talking about your ministry, your mentorship programs that you have coming up. I know you're going to get back on YouTube. You got to yes. get back on YouTube. Uh, what and do, IG. The, facts. Yes. facts. That's, that's yes. where I've seen her at, IG. That's facts. Uh, what can the people expect from you next? So right now, I am... After he took me through August of studying his power, it's funny because my boyfriend said, you know, God's going to give you assignment at the end of this. You're not just learning it and you're not going to not have an assignment. And so I'm actually taking everything I've learned and right now I'm putting it into a book. Mm. So when I'm done with my book, I want to launch my website back. And I want to get back into blogging, except with my blogging, I want to open it up as an advice column. Mm. And then I want to go ahead because I love writing and I love answering the questions. People usually come to me with a lot of questions. So I just want to make that a um, a platform for them. Mm. Get back into YouTube. I know that I'm so much bigger, though, than social media. So I'm still waiting on the clarity of how big this whole thing can expand. But I know life coaching. He's been preparing me to um, get ready for to start a mentorship program. And I'm also starting a nonprofit. Me and my boyfriend, um, we're creating a business plan right now that God has placed on our heart. It's going to. Well, God, can I say that? No, I'm gonna hold off on that one <laughs> until we until we get the LLC or something involved. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, we're um, creating a nonprofit though, and I'm actually really excited about that one because that ties into the mentorship program yeah. that he sold me that is going to be supernaturally successful. So, and it's gonna be with kids and colleges. He's shown me like workshops, trainings at these colleges, and just really. My boyfriend, he's big on business and God, and so he wants to teach financial literacy. He wants to teach people, okay, if you don't want to go this traditional route, you have the option to pursue business, but doing it through kingdom principles. And so we have all of these ideas that we are working with God to bring. It's beautiful what God is doing, man. And I want to shout out the king that she's with, too. It's a small world, bro, because listen, her boyfriend Mm -hmm. is Jalen Holmes' brother. Are you serious? Yeah. Small world, right? <laughs> Classic J? Classic J. So, you know what I mean? So, that's shout my, out that's to her. That's going to be my sister-in-law. That's a small world, <laughs> man. Sure. But spend time with God. Definitely. Spend time with God. Um, you want to give your socials before yeah, you head definitely. out? Okay, so yes. My Instagram is Krista.Dior. Mm-hmm. Krista is C-H-R-I-S-T-A, not mm-hmm. with a K. Um, as far as my YouTube channel, it's my actual full name. It's Krista McCants, but you can find it through my Instagram. It's in the link in my bio. That's lit. There it is. You already know where you can find us at. That's Satan Such, S-A-V-E-D-N-S-U-C-H, man. 
Check out our YouTube channel. Make sure y'all subscribe, like, comment, and subscribe. Make sure y'all follow us on Instagram, man. If y'all have any topics or any guests that y'all want us to bring on, man, make sure y'all hit us up in the DMs, man. Where can they find you at, Mr. Uh, Mr. Coley? <laughs> Coach Coley? Re- at Nation, R-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N underscore, because it's another guy, but that's a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> it's another guy, but that's a different topic. You already know but it's your boy, a, Poppy Stew, man. But on a serious note, man, Revelation 12 and 11 said they overcome by the blood and the word of their testimony. So when you tell your testimony, tell the full testimony. Yes. Because you never know what people are going to get out of it that's watching. So that's all I got. Fuck. And vulnerability will save your life. It saved mine. Okay. There it is. I guess I got to say something, too. Keep God first, man. <laughs> Love y'all, man. Y'all be safe. <laughs> Peace.